Good evening, I'm Rick Dancer. Welcome to Get Real with Rick Dancer. Thanks for joining us tonight. We're gonna talk about a sensitive subject, but also a subject that's super important for people. And I think um, I, th my own perception is that we don't take this seriously enough. I think we hear the term sex trafficking and we think still to this day, that's happening somewhere else. That's happening here. These are people that come in and just kidnap people and take them away. It's sex trafficking is so much bigger than that. And I've talked to enough people who have been victimized by it and by these traffickers uh, that I know it's real. And it's happening in Junction City. It's happening in Harrisburg. It's happening in Eugene. It's happening in Springfield and Cresswell Cottage Grove. And not much is done about that. We're going to talk about that in a second. But first, I want to tell you our sponsor for this show is... Michael Bratlin at Chris Dental, uh, caring and trusting dentist. Um, I love this guy. He's a great client. Uh, he's my dentist too. Um, and I've already had a crown, but unfortunately I had it done by somebody else because it was before I knew Michael and I paid uh, $2,000 for it. You can get it done there at $9.98 at Michael's. And he gives every client his cell phone, which I think personally is a little crazy. We can ask his wife because she's coming on here in a minute, but I think that's a little nuts. But you know what? Everybody loves it because he wants to make sure he's taking care of people. So he is our sponsor tonight. His wife is also a part of Junior League. Junior League, one of their big goals is to end sex trafficking and to get the word out on it. And they're having a seminar coming up tomorrow or Wednesday night. We're going to talk about that, but we're also going to talk to some experts about that. Agreed, it's awful in Eugene. It's here in our community. Thank you, Ashley, and we're glad that you're here. And Ashley, I don't know if you're a part of Junior League or not, but these women are looking for other women in our community to be a part of this um, not just the organization, be a part of this cause to get out there. So um, women, why don't you guys in, introduce yourselves and how you're involved? And we can just start with any one of you. Just go for it. Well, I'm Monique. Um, I am VP of Community Enrichment. And um, yeah, I uh, hope that you guys are going to come on and enjoy this show. Hi, everyone. My name is Jacqueline Bratlin, and I'm president-elect with Junior League of Eugene, and I'm excited to be here. Uh, I'm Katie Juth. I am the chair for uh, the community enrichment and helping put on the event that's going on this week. And, and my name is Amanda Gow. I am with Guardian Group, and I am one of our speakers on uh, for the event through Junior League. So they contacted us to help provide some education and training. So Amanda, we got questions. Oh my God, you guys, you have picked a good topic. Um, what is trafficking? Felicity wants to know what is trafficking. Amanda, what well, is Yeah, what I heard that question. So trafficking in the United States, domestic trafficking is something that impacts all of our communities across across the country. So trafficking by definition is the use of force, fraud, or coercion to force somebody into a sexual act. So however, if somebody is under the age of 18 years old, none of those three things are possible. So if, if it is a minor person, then they do not have to be, then force, fraud, and coercion isn't something that has to be present because a minor cannot consent. So it's somebody who is being sold um, whether it be for drugs, for money, for a place to stay, something of that nature that that makes it trafficking. Trafficking, and we will take a deep dive on that at our training about what that looks like. So, Jacqueline, you had some local figures. Can you give me some numbers that we were talking about that you had, and if we'll we'll, we'll mix those in with what Amanda might have too. 
Well, first, I want to say thank you for having us on um, this month because January is National Human Trafficking Awareness Month. So um, that's why we, um, as Junior League of Eugene uh, members, we decided to put the Abolish Movement on so our uh, second annual event. Unfortunately, we had to do it online, but it's going to be amazing. Um, what we're seeing, and um, you know, I. I'll let you um, clarify for me, but Oregon police are encountering about three to five victims per week. 80% are women and 50% of these sex trafficking victims are children. Um, it is a silent epidemic in the US and um, what's happening along I-5, which Eugene is part of the corridor, is that it's a route for traffickers to take these kids and women up and down um, the I-5 corridor, hit a city for a few nights, stay in a hotel, and then move on. So it's really hard to catch these um, victims and their perpetrators. Um, this kind of floored me, and I didn't know if anyone else knew this, but Portland, um, just a couple hours up north, is our second largest city in the U.S. for forced child prostitution behind Las Vegas. What? Portland, Oregon? Well, that's what the statistics show. And um, one of the things that I find interesting is that people do imagine that people are just grabbed off of the street and taken away in white vans. And um, what we're finding or what is a sex trafficking um, usual victimization is that um, traffickers are bonding themselves to their victims through course of control. They're doing using manipulation and um, they're finding them online through Instagram, Facebook. Um, and then the, I don't even know what the other online uh, medias that kids use these days. Snapchat. Go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say like things like Snapchat. Seriously. So they're using social media to, to lure these, these, and it's not just women, but is it mostly women? It is 90%, 90% of victims are reported are women and children. So, however, we do know that the male population is impacted and they are more, or they're less likely to report the crime as well. So seeing a bunch of things pop up on the Facebook questions, which I wish I had time to answer all oh of them. Oh my God, there's, I, you guys, you have picked a topic. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I do this every, do the, every day and you have got people just coming on like, I, I'm sitting here trying to pop them up. And if there's any that are super that you really think you want to grab, just go ahead and grab them. But Amanda, do this for me really quickly. You guys are, Amanda is with like this super, and it's, you can excuse my language, but it's my show. I can do this badass group. I mean, they are badass. And I tell people what you do. Cause um, I think people would be surprised because you're in Bend, right? Yeah, so we're based out of Bend, Oregon, but we work we work all over the country, um, fighting trafficking. So we have two sides of the organization, and so and I, you know, it's always funny to hear people like, "Oh, you work with like this wild group of people," and they are they're amazing. So we have two sides of our organization: one is offense, and the other is defense. So on the defense side, we do things like this: community awareness, training, education that happens. Um, all now virtually for the most part, but giving people the, the tools and resources that they need to be able to recognize and respond to trafficking within their sector. So we have community-based trainings, but we also do trainings that are specific to healthcare, hospitality, law enforcement, and sorts of sectors that have the greatest um, interaction with trafficking victims. And then on the other side, we have retired military elite who work directly with law enforcement to help 
basically use publicly available information to track predators and find those who have been lost. So I apologize, I have a little puppy who escaped his room. However, um, the so the interesting part, people always ask me like, oh, are these, do you guys break down doors and do different things? And that's absolutely not what we do. Everything we do is online and behind a computer. So that is why we can live in Central Oregon and do our work from here remotely, but we do uh, support law enforcement throughout the country. But because that is, that's, are victims, so we are, are very nimble as well and can go anywhere. You guys, so you are you are breaking down doors. You're just the modern door of our of our new world is social media. Obviously, this problem starts. I can't tell you how many people I have met online who they they'll start talking to you and say, oh, well, somebody was trying to get me to get on their page and do something. I'm going, God, don't ever listen to these people, you know, because there's enough of my face out there that's fake everywhere. It's like people can do anything with anyone. So Katie, why is Junior League take this up? Why is this like you're kind of the, the thing? You guys did this a couple of years ago because I helped you guys with last year's, uh, which was so informative. We had so many people. It was so there. successful. It was really great turnout last year. So Junior League has always had a mission for the underserved youth in the community. And so the last couple of years, we've really tried pushing our focus towards human trafficking, sex trafficking, violence against children. And so um, it's a big push in January is national awareness for sex trafficking and human trafficking month. So we uh, last January you did, you helped us with our big event that was at Valley River Inn. We were at capacity standing room only. And we had a bunch of different people and community members and prominent people around the community come and speak. And it was a fantastic event. And so this year we're kind of moving it, shifting it a little bit, moving it virtually and really bringing Guardian Group in to help us raise awareness for human trafficking, that it is an issue here locally. Um, and it's just a passion that Junior League and the ladies in league have. And we wanna you know, tell the community. And what's great about it being virtual is not just the people in Eugene can join, but anyone from around Oregon, around the country, around the world can join us on the Zoom link and be a part of it with us. And looking, watching the Facebook comments come in, I really do hope that everyone joins us because even the couple of things that I've seen pop up, um, there are a lot of myths and and things that are that we think are true. Like some some things will come think, oh, I saw one that popped up. Like, oh, they're they're feeding the girls drugs, and that's just something that isn't always often true. Really? We see that in you know maybe a quarter of the cases, but oftentimes that isn't something. And to speak to you know what was mentioned earlier is that a lot of times that these traffickers are gaining control over their victims by becoming what we call a Romeo pimp, and that is acting like a boyfriend, engaging like a boyfriend, and gaining this psychological manipulation over their victims where they they we call them the invisible bonds you know these aren't girls that are being held or chained to cages or you know tied somewhere to a radiator these are women girls who are walking you know in our communities participating in uh, the school system still who are accessing services and we really if we can recognize and respond to to the red flags and warning signs we can offer people help i was just talking to a survivor before this conversation uh, and she was saying i was saying what is you know, do you think, what are the interventions that you think would have been possible? And if she's like, if someone could have just met me where I was at and told me that one, that there was help and support for me and two, that I wouldn't get in trouble and three, that they just believed me. Like she's like, those things would have made such a huge impact. It was, you know, but no one during her exploitation came and said that to her. What? So, so if they go to somebody, they don't feel like that they're going to believe them that this is really happening. 
oftentimes they're not, you know, or, or they are in a situation where they feel a lot of judgment, a lot of shame and guilt over what's happening, you know, where family and friends have potentially turned against them and been, well, this is just something that you're choosing or not seeing the exploitation that's happening or, you know, traffickers really work very hard and they're, they're very good at it, at disconnecting people from their, their support systems if they had them to begin with. And, you know, this is a, a crime that impacts foster care youth and runway and homeless youth at a, at a larger level. So oftentimes there are already um, young people who don't have the support systems, but this can happen to anyone. You know, I've worked with survivors who come from two parent households and were in, you know, enrolled in private school and had all of the resources and, and, you know, those who were experiencing homelessness at the time of that exploitation. So it really can impact anyone, but it is these manipulative traffickers that come in, swoop in, act like they're going to solve all the problems. And if any of us remember being 16, you know, that first love, that person who comes in and tells you all the things that you want to hear, unfortunately, you know, young people are still developing their brain and their, uh, their thinking skills. And so, Traffickers can come in and say all the right things and solve all the all the problems and and next thing you know, they are caught up in exploitation. And from meeting trafficker to being exploited, the average length of time is one month. So it moves really, really quickly. So it's so important for families and our communities to really know what to look for and to keep our young people safe and our and friends and family safe on, on the internet. Because this that is the number one portal as we are seeing all of these different Snapchat quick. All so these, is, this, is this where they're finding and they're luring them through through internet? Yeah, I 100% that is like the most likely place to meet a trafficker at this point. But it very quickly, the meeting, you know, the inner, the first point of meeting may be online, but it will qu quickly move to a, you know, out of the virtual space. So Monique, tell me how this. I'm so sorry to interrupt, but to, to um, one of the stories that we had heard and, and someone correct me if I'm wrong here, but. I mean, even if I'm indulging a little bit with the story, but a young girl might have someone friend her on Facebook, let's say, and it's a good looking guy. And he says, you know, I've noticed your photos and they start corresponding back and forth. And he says, I want to meet you. And then from there, it progresses so quickly. He's a handsome guy. He meets her. She's really enthralled with him. And then it just quickly escalates from there. I mean, that's what caught me is that it's so quick and easy. And for a young girl, it would be so easy to manipulate. That's what Deborah just said on here. They, they, they're really good at what they do. They make sense. They act like a dear friend and get close. And I've never met anybody like you and blah, blah, blah. And <clears throat> anybody can be susceptible to that. Mm -hmm. So Monique, tell me, how is this conference going to work? This, this uh, Zoom meeting? Uh, give me some kind of how how this is going to work. So there'll be moderators. There'll be you know kind of give people kind of hits runs and how they can get involved with that. Yeah. So the web it's going to be a webinar style. Um, so you'll only see a few of us on there as the audience. Um, that way you guys can focus on it. We're not going to have a bunch of like typical Zoom. Um, not a typical Zoom meeting because I feel like at that point it gets a little cluttery. Everybody's looking at each other. They want to see, hey, what's that person doing? So instead, we're making it towards a webinar, and you're just going to join the group, um, you know, giving their information and giving you some some tips, tricks, and uh, 
you know, educating you on what you can do for the community. Um, so you can register at our website, which is the www.jlugene.org backslash abolish. Um, we'll make sure that we put it in here as well. Um, but register because worst case scenario, you can't watch it during that time. And that's fine. It is going to be recorded um, for future watch. But it, I do need you guys to register to make sure that you can watch that in the future um, because you'll be provided a link. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, that, you know, will allow you to watch it for the future. And this is great for people who, you know, are in the travel business, the industry business um, of uh, hospitality, you know, medical, you're working, those shifts aren't going to change. And so you need to be able to watch those. Um, unfortunately, you can't do it because of your shift. So this is a perfect opportunity for you to track back and look at it and watch it at your leisure. So who do you, um, Amanda, who do you expect will show up for this? Is this, it's going to be targeted towards, is this parents, teachers, all of the above, community members, is this to keep if I've got younger children, is this or grandkids or something? Is this to, I can I can notice the signs and be part of the solution rather than being part of the problem, which is absolutely saying nothing. Definitely. So we when we were working with Junior League to see what would be best for the community, we wanted to make sure it was accessible and would be informative for anyone. So it really is a community based training that will have elements and pieces that are specific to hospitality, to healthcare. Um, but it overarching is just really good information for anyone who is a community member who wants to learn more about the realities of trafficking, um, the fact versus fiction, uh, what we can do here locally to make sure that trafficking doesn't happen, how we can get involved um, in advocating for training. And then if there is a training that you, you, know, you take the training, you're in healthcare and you're like, whoa, this would be so beneficial. Guardian Group provides this training constantly at no cost to anyone who seeks our services. So if you take the training and you really realize this is something you want to try to get your organization or your your place of business involved in, then you can contact us afterwards and we can set up another more in-depth training that is specific to your sector. So how, how important, I, I read Deborah's really quickly because I can see him ahead of time. How important is it that the the community, the police, uh, the city councils, counselors, people like that, everybody kind of make this a priority because it doesn't seem to me that it is. It seems like it gets written off as runaways or people that are having a tough time. And uh, you know what I mean? And that's just my impression. And maybe I'm wrong. Correct me if I'm wrong. But how do we get that this to rise above the level of being, um, a, you know, a social issue? It's, this is a, this is like. I think that law enforcement is taking this seriously. We just recently had a speaker at Junior League. Um, we monthly have speakers or trainings for our members. And we had two FBI agents uh, placed in Eugene. And they said that this is a huge problem. They take it very seriously. Um, they're constantly working the cases. And unfortunately, during COVID, it hasn't slowed down. That was one of the specific questions I saw come up on your screen. And we asked that too. Oh, everyone's staying home. It must have slowed down. I'm like, no, not at all. In fact, it's picked up. Is that Deborah said in that comment? I, I'm sure you saw that too, Jacqueline, um, that she said, because the kids are so starved for something to do, um, that may make them even more susceptible to going out and doing things that they wouldn't normally do. COVID just. I also think a lot of that, like Deborah said, is um, they want attention. You know, um, just because they're, I mean, a lot of these kids are stuck at home now and 
their parents still have to work and sometimes they have to work outside of the home. So, you know, they, some of them might not have been getting the attention that they, you know, were needing prior. And so going to school was kind of an outlet. It was kind of somebody to have, have confidence and be around, but now they're by themselves. And I think that sometimes kids can tend to use social media, not just for, you know, bouncing around everywhere, but for attention and for friends. And, you know, I mean, they're limited, some of these kids, and they're young, and they they, they crave that. And I think COVID laid bare a lot of, you know, we isolation was already taking place. It created additional vulnerabilities in populations that were already experiencing vulnerabilities. So and the shelter stay-at-home orders, unfortunately, did not pertain to people who were already trying to participate in illicit activities, whether it was people who were buying sex or people who are selling sex. So and I think we really do have to think about the demand side of this as well. Uh, there's great statistics that we can cover about who are the buyers and what we as community members need to do as far as like addressing that, you know, without demand, there is no supply. So something else that we will think about and talk about in our training. Yeah, that's the thing we don't talk about too much, huh? There's, there, there, there's, there's a demand that's just so sick. That's just so gross. But you know, Rick, there was someone named Jeff that had written down um, that it's sad that people don't want to wake up to the reality, but I think people are waking up to the reality. And that's why Junior League and Guardian Group is doing this webinar. And, and we did it live last year at Valley River Inn. And it's the fact that people are wanting to hear and learn and they're hungry for the information and to be aware of what's going on in our community. And um, another question was boys too. Yes, boys too. Boys are being trafficked. So here's a question. Londa Cooper comes on and says to someone she knows, educate your friend, Elizabeth, this is something the Grange could be up on. So what, what would be really great is there's other organizations like a Grange or people like that, if they could team up with Junior League of Eugene, so we don't have 10 different groups doing this, but everybody kind of working on a plan together in some way, that would be awesome. Yeah, one of our head sponsors is the Eugene Airport. And so they're working to get their staff and people trained up to attend this event and to be up on the signs and what to look for too, because it's not just all being trafficked through cars. There are people being flown from out of state, in state, being flown all around that are being trafficked as well. So it's good that we're getting people out in the community to attend things like this, to look for red flags and watch signs and to know what to look for and who to report it to. Somebody says we should have a safe house poster so kids know that where there's a safe place they can go. Um, great ideas. Um, Americans are masters at human trafficking, learn from history. I did want to address, somebody asked um, in one of the questions, like the, the statistics behind like who is trafficked or who is trafficking. And um, I do think that there tends to be this misconception that this is something that comes from like across our borders, but this really is 80 to 90%. Again, statistics in this space can be a little um, hard to come by, but are they are, you know, they are our kids, they're United States citizens. So this is happening to our young people and those who are trafficking are also, you know, oftentimes uh, most likely from the United States as well. So, and there's, you know, sometimes we think that this has gotta be like some major crime ring that's happening. There's like some, you know, big ring and it's really not that. It's usually the average trafficker is usually running three to four girls at a time, that is it. So these are people who have really taken a look at like, what crime would I like to participate in? And trafficking is very, very lucrative. The ROI on that is is high. 
So the punishment, if you get caught with drugs is very, very clear. If you get caught with a kilo of heroin, there are mandatory minimums for sentences. And it's very clear Like you have drugs. So you will go do this jail time. However, with with girls, if you are you know selling girls, unfortunately, it can be very hard as you have um, a victim who has experienced extreme trauma and may not be in a place to to testify or come forward or maybe too scared to come forward or is identified with her trafficker and doesn't want to leave. So there's a lot of really you know interesting things that happen from a psychological standpoint that make this crime an easier one to get away with so we'll talk about that and kind of to get a, a dive into what it looks like in our um from a from a a standpoint from law enforcement and jurisdiction and and sentences and how this works so i do think that there seems to is oftentimes a misconception about who is trafficking and, and the results of that but it is it's a lot of just local people committing crime so these are local people that we we probably know. Maybe they went to school with our kids, or they're people like that. It's not it's not yeah. people coming from out of the area to start some big trafficking ring, that kind of thing. No, it is it is people uh, who were probably you know who at one point started with with selling drugs, things like this, and then have evolved into also selling girls. As because again, the money that can be made is very very lucrative. Um, you know, the average trafficker in central Oregon, um, can make, you know, up to $10,000 just a day. So, you know, there is a lot of money. And so in Portland, you know, the statistics are about $20,000 a week. Um, places like Atlanta, you get up into like the 30 and $50,000 a week that people are making off of running, of uh, selling girls. And so the, the money is, is very lucrative. And again, it's where we have to start to address demand. So, so Matt Kendall's asking, what about legislative strongholds? Is there a way to, or I'm sure you you can answer this, but working with the legislator to get tough, tougher laws. Um, and that a lot of that's public will, you know, to do yeah. is that what we're pushing for? There is, and definitely it's something that Guardian Group advocates um, all the time. So there is, you know, for those who are interested, again, you can look up what's called the Nordic model, but basically it is, you know, we, guardian group we do not support the legalization but the decriminalization of this so saying that we to protections for those who have been victims because oftentimes right now is what we'll see depending on the state there are different laws for every state but some states don't have what even what's called a safe harbor law so even if you're a minor you can still be you can still be charged with a crime. So Oregon is not one of those states, luckily. But so changing the state laws to say to offer protections for those who have been victimized and stronger punishments for those who are trafficking. And then also looking at how do we punish buyers as well. Um, so again, you guys give me the information and can somebody write this in the comment section like Kellyanne or someone like that? When is that? How do people get on the on the feed, the webinar? on Wednesday night from six to eight. How, how does that happen? So again, you're going to go to our website. You can go to www.jleugene.org backslash abolish. And it's going to pop up for you. You don't even have to search for it. You, once you hit that link, it's going to pop up for you. Um, just make sure to register, get your name, email address, and all that jazz on there. And um, you'll get um, a Zoom link and... Yeah, you just hit that link at six o'clock and we'll give you the goods at that point. Okay, so um, if somebody writes that in there and you guys can go back in and put that in as well, okay? Okay. Uh, in your own time, you can put that in there and it will, we'll, we'll push this out tonight too and get, get the word out there. 
you guys, thank you so much for uh, Junior League of Eugene for, I know you guys made this a, a priority a few years ago and um, especially back when no one was talking about it. And uh, we appreciate, you know, this is our community and it's somebody already wrote on here, it takes a village and it does. Um, if we want to stop this, and, and I think Amanda, maybe this is a great way to close this. We can stop this, can't we? Most certainly. I think by everyone working together, we truly can abolish this crime, but it is going to take everyone, even if you think that there's not a role for you to play, I, I promise that there is. And if you think that this isn't touching your life, I promise you that it has. So I, you know, I can't stress enough how important it is just for our community members at, at all levels to get engaged, get trained, get educated and be part of the, be part of the solution. Right. And then, Rick, I did want to add quick that we did make a Facebook event for this page. So if you guys are the kind of people that need Facebook reminders, go subscribe to the event. It's the Abolish Human Trafficking Virtual Event. That's the title of the Facebook page. Go say that you're going to be joining it. Invite your friends on Facebook to, I think, the link for the Zoom event. The Zoom link is in there or directly to our website so you can get registered. But then Facebook can remind you, hey, your event's starting in an hour. Okay. And Rick, before we leave, we would really like to encourage, we are a women's organization for women by women. And if anyone is interested in doing the kind of work that we're doing and developing skills, we ask you to go to juniorleaguejlugene.org and the same website you would go to register for Abolish and check us out. We are always interested in having new members. You have to be at least 21 years of age and up. We have no ceiling on age limit and we would love to put you to work. Uh, Matt Kendall just put the Facebook page on there. So you guys go like their Facebook page. I, I'm just kind of thrilled because I just saw hundreds of people on here and I'm glad that people are concerned enough uh, to get involved and have some, you guys had some great questions in here for these folks. And um, you can on Wednesday night, you will have, uh, you'll probably have your mind blown uh, with information and stuff that you can go out and uh, and be an active member, a part of our community, and do some great things. Junior League of Eugene, thank you so much. Amanda, keep kicking butt like you do. We love that. Well, All right. We're just super thankful for people like you and and Junior League that are taking a proactive approach to this because we can't do it alone. No, well, well, we're here for you. And I'm going to do my little thank you for my client as well. So I'm going to pull you guys out of there. So again, you guys, this is brought to you by Chris Dental, Michael Brat Bratlin, Dr. Brat Michael Bratlin, my dentist. And uh, he's a guy who cares about the community, cares about making sure information like this gets out. And uh, so if you are in the market for a new dentist or you just want a dentist that uh, really cares, it'll give you his cell phone number. Um, you can get a hold of Michael Bratlin at Chris Dental. Uh, here in Eugene. Um, again, thanks Junior League of Eugene. You guys, I, I don't know um, with COVID and all the things that have gone on, how much you know about some of the local service organizations in our community that are still meeting virtually and still doing things. So COVID um, has restricted some of what we're doing, but these organizations still are out there uh, fighting the fight that they have, whether it's Rotary or Junior League or whatever, Seroptimist, uh, they're all doing their work and uh, we need to be supporting them. And I would hope that once this COVID stuff is over, that we would all be so starved for 
interaction with human beings that the memberships in these organizations would surge because we've all been locked away. <laughs> and here's a place to pop in and do some amazing things with people that you have a lot in common with. So again, we can't do our shows without our sponsors like Chris Dental. So um, you give them some love. We bring you some great content and it all works out. All right. Thanks again. So Wednesday night, six to eight, the information's on there. Um, they'll put more on so that if you're already commented on the page, it'll just pop right to you. You'll find it. It'll come on your feed so you'll know where it is. All right. Have a great, great evening and stay involved. Get involved with the cause. Um, yeah, you're still coming in. There's still information coming. I just let this sit here. <laughs> okay. All right. Have a good night. We'll talk to you guys. Oh, what's coming up this week? On Wednesday, uh, Chris Dental sponsoring another show this week. We're going to talk with some Roseburg business folks who are um, fighting to get their restaurants back open in town. And then on Thursday at the car wash, we're going to talk to um, an expert in Salem about two house bills that are super concerning to a lot of people, including this guy, House Bill 2238. And I think the other one is 52. There's two of them. And uh, getting a lot of emails about it. So I contacted somebody in Salem that I know who's in the know and knows about these. And we're going to unlayer those for you so you'll know what they are. And um, as I always say, we're the only people who can change things. And we need to be aware of what's going on around us. All right. I'm Rick Dancer. This is Get Real with Rick Dancer. Why is that? Because it's real. Good night.